0: Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, the Dodgers beat the White Sox, gained some ground on the Diamondbacks. Tony Gonson was awesome. Again, it continues. Uh, record-breaking, in fact. We learned on the broadcast to talk about his great game and a great start to his career. David Peralta hit a home run, shown some power ever since I said on this podcast that he needed to show more, po- more power. We'll talk about that. And... Uh, We'll talk about the Dodgers chasing the Diamondbacks in the National League West, uh, a position they're not used to, but uh, what they need to do to win the division. That's what's on tap. So let's get Locked On, Dodgers. You are Locked On, Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked on Dodgers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My normal co host is Vince Samperio, although it's just me today. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans' perspective on our Boys in Blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed and with that said let's jump right into the episode it's june 14th and that's a special day in my life because it is the day my youngest son was born this kid behind me if you're watching on youtube this is ryan ryan turns 12 years old today happy birthday ryan uh ryan has been uh, wondering when he could be on the podcast for a while so i figure his birthday uh ryan uh yeah you got anything you want to say to my listeners before i send you off to play your Nintendo Switch. Uh, Tony Gonsolin did good. Yeah, Tony Gonsalan did good. You heard it here first, folks. Happy birthday, Ryan. Um, uh, great kid, right there. I, I've got three great kids. Uh, maybe Logan will make an appearance at some point in this episode, uh, even if, you know, just to say hi. Uh, but uh, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I am still down at my parents' house. Uh, the boys and I will be going to today's game. Clayton Kershaw starting the one game in this White Sox series. That's not a bobblehead giveaway, uh, but we're looking forward to seeing Kershaw start for Ryan's birthday. That'll be fun. But on Tuesday night, Will Smith bobblehead and Smith hit a home run on his bobblehead night. Uh, Kind of a trend for the Dodgers. Uh, Obviously they do so many bobbleheads. Chances are it's going to happen sometimes, but uh, uh, there was a tweet going around with a list of all of them. uh, All the Dodgers who've homered on the bobblehead nights Cody Bellinger actually did it two different times. Although, on his bobblehead night in 2021, the Dodgers got no hit. So I know he didn't homer that time. I was there that game. Uh, but, yeah, we are looking forward to being at the game today, uh, even though it's not a bobblehead. And somebody whose bobblehead it wasn't was Tony Gonsolin. And he was awesome. He, you know, They'd given him a couple extra days rest since his last start. There was some concern about his velocity, and I don't know that that concern was necessarily alleviated uh, because his velocity was down a little bit in this start. Uh, he, he was around 92.5 miles an hour on average with his fastball, and he's normally around 94. Uh, but Gonsolin, after the game, didn't seem concerned at all. In fact, one reporter asked him about it, and Gonsolin said, you know, I don't remember his exact words, but basically said, I'm not concerned about it. And then another reporter followed it up, and G- the look on Gonsolin's face was like, I just told that guy right there that I'm not concerned about it. So I'm not sure what different answer you want from me this time. And he gave a generic non-answer. And and the fact is 92.5 seemed to work just fine for him because the other stuff was working great. He was locating the fastball. The splitter was ridiculous. The slider was good enough. Uh, It it was – and you keep it off balance. He got a couple – uh, looking strikeouts where you could tell one Andrew Penn and Tendi took a fastball right down the middle with two strikes. You could tell he's expecting something else. And so fastball. If one, there's one thing we learned from Clayton Kershaw the last few years, you don't have to have elite fastball velocity to have an elite fastball, because if the secondary pitches are good enough, uh, the fastball plays up. And that's what we saw from Tony Gonsolin here. His ERA on the season now is 193. Uh, he's four and one, and he actually is now 30 and seven. I believe in his career. And during the game uh, in the third or fourth inning, Joe and Don mentioned that if Gonson got the win in this game, which he ended up doing, he would become the second fastest pitcher in baseball history to 30 wins by number of decisions. Uh, there was a guy for the Cardinals back in the, in the forties who uh, was 30 and six in his first 36 decisions. So he got to 30 wins and 36 decisions. Gonsolin's now 30 and seven in his career. And uh, I was actually, so family and I, we went to a Lake Elsinore storm game, minor league team here in my hometown. They're a Padres affiliate now, but they're still my hometown minor league team. I still love going to those games. I did wear, wear my Dodgers gear and uh, we didn't stay for the whole game. Cause once the Dodger game started, I was just watching it on my phone anyway. So we stuck around through like the sixth inning, but then we were on the way home and that's when I heard that stat uh, from Joe and Oral or Joe and Dontrell. So when I got back to my parents' house, I did look it up, and my suspicion was correct that the guy who who Gonson is behind was mostly reliever. That seems like something that's easier for a reliever to do, uh, because relievers, you know, sometimes you just get a bunch of wins uh, without, you know, reliever wins are even more meaningless than starter wins, which are already pretty meaningless. Uh, but for a guy like Gonson, what it shows you is He puts the Dodgers in position to win every time he pitches. And uh, obviously last year he was outstanding. He was a legitimate Cy Young contender before he got hurt with about a month left in the season. And he has been throughout his career when he's on the mound, when he's healthy, he's outstanding. You know, his his ERA is ridiculously good all the time. And so this 193 ERA this year, is isn't really that surprising. This is kind of who Tony Gonsolin is and he's kind of overlooked even, you know, yesterday when I was doing the mailbag episode and I was talking about the potential postseason rotation and it was like, Oh yeah, probably Tony Gonsolin too. So I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody else. He's just overlooked. But the fact is he's really, really good. And that's what we saw on Tuesday night was a guy who had command of all his pitches. He's got several good pitches and he was throwing them where he wanted to and getting outs. And that is what he's done throughout his big league career so far you know, hopefully he can stay healthy. It would be nice if he could get another tick or two back on that fastball. But like I said, it plays up when he's commanding the the secondary pitches and that's all that you really need. The Dodgers really, really need some good starting pitching and uh, some good bullpen work. The bullpen was good in this game too. Caleb Ferguson had a really, really good inning, bounced back. Evan Phillips, of course, had a good inning. And then Taylor, Taylor, what's his name? Taylor Scott, uh, could have had a good inning, uh, runner on first and or run around second. He gave up a double and then a comebacker, and he had his choice. There were two easy outs to get either get the guy going to third or get the guy going to first. Instead, he got neither because he decided to get the guy going to third, and then he held on to the ball too long and the guy ended up being safe. That guy ended up scoring to ruin the shutout, but the Dodgers still won because Bruce Argretter all came in and pitched well. And so it was a good overall pitching performance for the Dodgers and, and the starting pitching lays the groundwork for that. It's a lot easier. Somebody asked a question that I don't know the answer to. I got a, a question in my DMs last week about, is there any data on whether a, a bullpen generally pitches better after a good start from the starter? I don't know, but I would guess there's something to that, at least sometimes I, that momentum where coming in with a 5 nothing lead, it's easier to just okay, just do your job, just throw strikes, get the job done. You know, don't worry about giving up a hit here and there, and get the job done. And so, I feel like it's easier to hold a five nothing lead than to you know hold a three to two lead or whatever, uh, or a nine to eight lead. And and so the starting pitching really really set the set the the table for that great pitching performance. Tony Gonsolin did exactly what the Dodgers needed him to. Now we've got Clayton Kershaw going on uh today wednesday uh hopefully to win the series and then we've got uh dylan cease against michael grove on thursday is the plan uh and, and that one you know be nice to win the series today so just in case that one doesn't go our way but you know hopefully the dodgers can bounce back because they did gain some ground on the, the Diamondbacks. backs i'm going to talk about that in that's in the third segment the national league west race right now i'm going to come back in a minute i'm going to talk about david peralta who had a big two-run homer in that first inning along with will Smith and uh, what he's been doing lately. So thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, we've told you about Game Time. It's a great place to buy tickets to whatever sporting event, concert, uh, comedy show. I'm looking at getting tickets to see Nate Bargatze in Salt Lake uh, in September. Uh, Whatever you're looking for, Taylor Swift tickets, you know, If there's something you want to go to, whether it's a Dodger game or anything else, game time can get you tickets and you're guaranteed to get the best price because you go on any of those other apps. And if you find a better deal in the same section and row game time will refund 110% of the, of the difference to you. So you can actually make money on that. Uh, But you know, you're not going to find that because the reason they offer that guarantee is because they're always giving you the lowest price. So you don't have to plan months in advance. You can get last minute deals. You can see the view from your seats as you are shopping everything you want in an app. It's a really useful app and it, and it's great. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off get download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right i am back i want to thank you for making locked on dodgers your first listen every weekday morning if you're an everydayer thank you so much we love our everydayers if you're not an everydayer it's a really easy club to join all you gotta do is watch or listen every day super fun and we are here with you every weekday we love doing it we hope you do too also want to remind you, if you can't catch the Dodgers on TV, you can always listen to the hometown radio broadcast on Sirius XM or the SXM app. Just, uh, launch the SXM app and search for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app just by searching for locked on Dodgers. And like I said yesterday, you know, listen to the podcast in your podcast app of choice on your way to work, then watch it on YouTube while you're at work. And then listen on the SXM app on your way home from work. Everybody wins. I win three times. So, uh, David Peralta. Speaking of winners, David Peralta had another good game. Uh, really, it was just uh, he hit the ball hard a couple times, but he had the one home run that was the big thing. He got pinch hit for later when the White Sox brought in a lefty pitcher. So all in all, he was one for two. His one out was a hard line drive at the left fielder, uh, and the one hit was a two run homer. And if you recall, if you're an everydayer, you'll remember last week Vince and I were talking about David Peralta after his four for five game against the Reds which was uh June 8th. Uh and we talked about him and what I said then was that he needed to hit for more power. He needed to start hitting for power because his slugging percentage still wasn't where it needed to be. His slugging percentage at that point was only 359 and that was even after a 4 for 5 game. It had been 343 before that game. Uh and, and I said he's going to need to hit more doubles and homers. In order to really, really be the hitter they need him to be, uh, and since then, he went two for four with the homer and a double against the Phillies on June 10th. Uh, 0 for three the next game, but then he went one for two with this home run. Which means, in since I said that he has a double and two homers, his OPS has gone from uh, six six seventeen before that four hit game to now six ninety eight, uh, and you know, just really, really, what's his slugging percentage right now? That's another thing. Uh, Cause it was at 359, like I said, after the four hit game. And now it is, I'm trying to do this on my phone. It's now up to 404. So his slugging percentage is over 400. Still a ways to go. But this power is what we need from it because, yeah, a slap hitter, single sitter is useful, but it's not what they're looking for in a left fielder and for him to really serve this role as half of the left field platoon uh, he needs to be hitting for power. And so it's been awesome to see. And this, uh, this home run in this game, it was, it was huge. Will Smith had already hit a two run homer, put the Dodgers up two to two to nothing. Uh, and then Jason Hayward hits a little a hundred hopper that gets through the middle for a base hit. And then Peralta, hits a two-run homer to, to dead center, barely cleared the wall, but the deepest part of the field. And it was it was kind of the swing that we're used to seeing David Peralta make back when he was on the D-backs, when he was doing this to the Dodgers, against the Dodgers, instead of for the Dodgers. And it's the kind of thing that when the Dodgers signed him, it's like, okay, we know he can mash righties. And we haven't seen that much this year until this last week. He, he's hit half of his home runs this season in the last five days and that's you know that's the guy that we pictured when the Dodgers signed Peralta and so it's like i mean he he's a good hitter and the fact is what we're seeing right now is legitimately uh he's not just holding it down he's not just holding his own in fact with James Outman struggling the way he's been i mean it david peralta's given them real options of uh you know, a Hayward in center and Peralta in, in left sometimes against right-handed pitchers to give Outman more of a day off, you know, or, or I mean, Outman is going to have to figure out his struggles uh, and, and that's a conversation for a different day, but Peralta is a big part of the reason that the offense just keeps plugging away. The Dodgers struggles recently have been about pitching, not about offense. And it's, you know, guys like David Peralta who are a huge part of that. And it's not just Peralta, different guys step up on different days Uh, But for Peralta to be a guy who's actually an option to step up, that wasn't the case early in the season for the first, you know, really the first month, month and a half of the season, Peralta really wasn't that guy. And even since he got hot at the beginning of May, like I said last week, it was a lot of singles. And so he's still not a guy you're afraid of. And, And the big thing I said was as he hits more homers and doubles, he's going to get more walks too. And I think that's going to come if he keeps hitting the ball hard, like he has been, he's going to be a guy that pitchers have to pitch around a little bit. And that will be huge uh, because that, you know, does let him pass the baton there. There's a lot of value in getting on base because the opposite of getting on base is getting out and getting out is the opposite of what you want to do in baseball. Like there's only one thing that limits a baseball team. And that's the number of outs they get. You get three outs per inning, 27 outs per game. That's it. That's the only thing that's limited. How many batters do you get? Depends on how many outs you get out. How many hits are you allowed to get? Depends on how many outs you get. It's all based on outs. And so anything they can do to do the opposite of getting out, which is getting on base. And that's why when people talk to me about batting average, Oh, he's, he's only batting 210 or whatever. It's like, I don't care. I do not care about batting average because batting average is just one way getting a hit is just one way of getting on base. Getting on base is what I care about. That's why I care about on base percentage so much more than batting average, because the opposite of getting on base is getting out. Getting out is the one thing that's limited in baseball. Uh, And and so, yeah, sometimes you need a hit. Uh, If you got, you know, runners on, runner on second, two outs in the ninth inning, uh, and and you're down by one, you know, you'd rather have a base hit than a walk, but you'd rather have a walk than a ground out to second. And that's kind of a, a dichotomy that I think a lot of people think the opposite, you know, Uh, of a walk is a a hit. But a lot of times, if you're chasing a pitch, if they're throwing pitches out of the strike zone, if you're hitting those pitches, chances are you're not hitting them well, you're not squaring them up, you're probably grounding out second or popping out or even striking out. So not chasing out of the zone is huge. And and, you know, I, I love guys who get on base. And yeah, it's not the most exciting baseball sometimes taking a walk. But Uh, taking a walk and then the guy behind you, it's a two run homer. That's pretty exciting. Taking a walk, stealing second, the guy behind you, it's a base hit to drive you in. That's exciting. There's a lot of ways that, you know, walks aren't unexciting on their own. It's the other things that come along with it. And so I'm hoping that Peralta, now that he's hitting with more power, will start adding more walks to the mix and just getting on base and becoming a guy who can legitimately be a big part of an offensive outburst. Uh, That's kind of the path he's on. I hope we can continue that. That's it for my Peralta to talk. I'm going to come back in a minute. I am going to talk about the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers being behind them in the National League West at this point in the season and what that means and uh, what the Dodgers need to do to catch up. So thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please continue to keep it Locked on Dodgers. All right. I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. want to thank our everydayers. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'd love to hear your comments in the YouTube comments section. If you're listening on the podcast, love to hear from you through social media or email or whatever. I'll give you all that contact info in a few minutes. Uh, and I also want to remind you, if you want to listen to the hometown radio broadcast of today's game against the White Sox or any Dodger game, you can do that on SiriusXM or on the SiriusXM app. Just launch the SXM app and search for Dodgers or Search for Locked On Dodgers if you want to listen to this podcast there. Uh, Let's move on to our last topic, which is the National League West, which is currently being led by what Jerry Hairston would call the show snakes or as normal people call them, the Arizona Diamondbacks, D-backs. You know, that team in Arizona who I I knew coming into the season they were going to be good. I predicted them to finish third in the division. I thought the Padres would be better than they've been. Uh, And, you know, I think – I think I'm past predicting the D-backs for third place. I think I expect them to finish in second place now. Uh, but what we have is the D-backs are three games ahead of the Dodgers. The Dodgers are now only three games ahead of the Giants somehow. Uh, and so this series against the Giants this weekend is actually pretty important and meaningful. Uh, but the D-backs have been playing really really well. They did finally lose to the Phillies on Tuesday. And with the Dodgers win, Dodgers are able to gain some ground. So the Dodgers are three games back Uh, And, and, you know, the Padres are eight and a half games behind the the D-backs, five and a half behind the Dodgers. Padres are two games under 500 right now. The Rockies are 13 games behind the D-backs, 10 games behind the Dodgers. Uh, And everybody uh, is doing okay in the division lately. Um, But the fact is, right now, the Dodgers are looking up in the division. That doesn't happen very often. The Dodgers have spent most of the last decade in first place. And I still, I believe the Dodgers are going to win the division. And I'll tell you why. I think the Dodgers are a better team than the D-backs. Obviously, what we've seen in this stretch where the D-backs have passed the Dodgers up, the Dodgers pitching has been horrendous. And I, while there's still questions about the Dodgers pitching and how it's going to get better, I really do believe it's going to get better one way or the other. Either, like I said yesterday in the mailbag episode, either by the current guys pitching better or by other guys coming back from injury or trades coming in or guys coming up from the minors or some combination of those things. I think the pitching is going to get better and the offense is hitting great. And so the, the other reason is the D backs are a young team and I am really interested to see, I'm not saying the D backs can't sustain this for a whole season, but I'm really interested to see if they can, because a lot of times young teams can't do that. And, and so to win the division, you do have to play pretty well for a whole season. And right now the D backs haven't been hit by the injury bug too much. You know, Corbin Carroll is having a great season front runner for rookie of the year right now. Uh, Bobby Miller is hopefully going to give him, uh, you know, a run for his money, but, uh, you know, Corbin Carroll has stayed healthy. Will he stay healthy? You know, will they have injuries? How will they react to that? Will they slump? How will they react to slumping? All those things that, that, you know, as you've been in the, the major leagues a little bit longer, you get used to these things and, and everything, uh, you know, there, there's something about veterans and not that the D-backs don't have any veterans, but the core of their team is pretty young. And so I'm really interested to see how they hold up, but even more importantly, I think the Dodgers, if they just do their thing, they're going to win the division because the Dodgers, if they play the way they can, Uh, I think they're going to win 95 games and 95 games is probably going to win the division. Now, if the D backs outperform and they win more than 95 right now, they're on pace for about hundred wins. Okay. More power to them. Uh, Like in 2021, the Dodgers didn't win the division. They finished in second place. Dodgers won 106 games. It's just that the giants won 107, you know, you can't be mad about that. It's like, I mean, if you look at individual games, the Dodgers should have won, you know, including one game, they should have won three different times you can kind of be mad about it. But overall, it's like, you know what, the Giants just outplayed them. And you tip your hats to them. And the Dodgers beat the Giants in the, in the playoffs that year. Uh, Couldn't finish it off. But, you know, in 2021, I feel like the Dodgers got pushed too hard in the division, and they had to play hard down to the very last day. And so maybe they were a little worn out in the postseason. Last year, they didn't get pushed hard enough. And maybe they were a little bit uh, on whatever the opposite of worn out is, uh, in the postseason, So it'd be nice if the D backs could stay close. And I think Don Terrell made this point on the broadcast tonight. If the Dodger, if the Dbacks can stay close and make the Dodgers fight. And so if the Dodgers can win this division by four games, that would be kind of nice, you know, where it's like, okay, going into the last week, we still have to take this seriously. Um, and then win the division, that way there's not that big letdown of, you know, like last year, Seriously, genuinely, the Dodgers in the playoffs, that was the first couple games they'd played in three months. And I don't think anybody wants a repeat of what happened last October. And so playing meaningful games in September into October in the regular season, it would be good for the Dodgers, I think. Uh, So I do think the Dodgers win the division because they are a better team. That's my, my view. And I know I can picture our buddy, Kevin at Blue Goon, uh, what is it? Blue good 82, something like that on Twitter. I read a couple of questions on the mailbag yesterday and he used to get so mad at me in 2021. When I would say, I still expect the Dodgers to win the division because they're a better team than the giants. And you know what? I still believe the Dodgers in 2021 were a better team than the giants. The giants played one game better. They outperformed the Dodgers by one game. Uh, but I think the Dodgers were a better team. And I, I believe the Dodgers this year are a better team than the D-backs. D-backs are a very good team. I think the Dodgers are better. And so I think the Dodgers win this division because most of the time over the course of 162 games, the better team wins the division. So that's what I'm expecting to happen. Wouldn't put money on it. Part of the reason I'm not a gambling man is because uh, you can't predict these things. And uh, But, you know, I do believe that's the most likely outcome. And I don't think the Dodgers need to scoreboard watch. Scoreboard watching is fun for us as fans. I don't think the Dodgers need to do that because if they – if the Dodgers go 42 and eight, like they did in 2013 or 43 and seven, like they did in whatever year, 2017, who cares what the D-backs do? Dodgers are going to beat them out. So if the Dodgers get right, the Dodgers get their pitching situation figured out, offense keeps hitting. It's easy to picture the Dodgers running off a super hot streak right now. And, and us looking back three months from now and saying, Oh yeah, I remember when the D-backs were in first place back in June, uh, you know, that not saying that's going to happen, but it's really easy to picture because the D backs right now are playing their best baseball. The Dodgers aren't. Uh, and so I, I, I don't think the D backs have much more in the tank than what they've done so far. And what they've done so far is really good. Like I said, they're on pace for hundred wins, but the Dodgers have played pretty poorly and are still on pace for whatever it 90 is, ish wins. And I, I think the Dodgers are going to turn it on, get things figured out one way or the other. And and score a bunch of runs and even if they have to outslug teams they're going to do it i think dodgers are going to get hot and you know not necessarily get to 111 wins like last year but i think they're going to have some stretches the rest of the season where they are hot and looking like that 111 win team and they're going to win the division uh you know somewhat comfortably but hopefully not too comfortably because like i said we want them ready in october anyway just want to talk about the D-backs. We haven't touched a lot on them actually being in first place over the Dodgers. And so we thought that was useful to talk about. That's going to do it for today. Like I said, I will be at the game uh, Wednesday today. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh I'll be there with my sons and my brother. Looking forward to that. Not sure what tomorrow's episode will bring as far as host. Don't know if Vince and I will be together or it'll just be one of us. Not sure. Uh, and don't know what we'll be talking about for sure, because Clayton Kershaw's pitching. Hopefully we're going to talk about him following up Gonsolin's outstanding game with an outstanding game of his own. Dodgers getting a a little winning streak going, all that stuff. Whatever it is, whatever happens in this game, we will definitely be there for you. Dodgers face Mike Clevenger of the White Sox. Hopefully they can treat him like the Mike Clevenger he is and given the beating he so sorely deserves. And uh, yeah, so that's what you're going to get tomorrow. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you again for making us your first listen every day. I want to thank our everydayers for being everydayers and remind you, you can join that everydayer club by watching or listening every day. Also want to remind you to check out Sirius XM or the SXM app and search for Dodgers to li- catch the Dodgers hometown radio broadcast of today's game and any game. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at VinceSense91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.